It may be sunny in LA, but I stay bringing the shade. You think you have me figured out? Until you don't. This is Black Reality Kiki with AJ. And your girl, Fresha. We're getting into season 14 of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's all about the shade, the drama, and the slays. Come, Come take, take a, a BRK. BRK. Hey, friends. Hey, A. Girl, here we are again. Back again, back again. Part two of these Blue Ridge Mountaineers. And honey, these bitches are crazy. <laughs> Like, I mean, these were going insane in Blue Ridge. It's like we didn't move the needle not one inch, but there was there's still so much to unpack. It's just, we just got to dive right in. No foreplay, no pregame. We just got to get this party on started because, bitch, we got a lot to talk about. A lot and nothing at the same time. A lot and nothing at the same damn time. Honey, where do we kick off this week? So the episode opens with Kenya arriving at the house where all of the housewives are staying. Housewives and friends, I should say. And she is just being Kenya, running up and down through the house, skipping, skip to my Lou style and acting like... There wasn't this big issue discussed at dinner before with Marlo. Of course, like, is she staying? Is she not? Marlo gave the ultimatum if if she wasn't going to stay with the rest of the ladies and she could not participate in the itinerary. It was, it started off with mess for sure. Honey, what I will say is she made sure she made it in time for breakfast because she knew they were going to be throwing shade at her. So she came on in, honey, running amok, being extra. 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Mind <laughs> you, the night before, Marlo had already told them, PSA, if she's not here, it's going to be an issue. So you know Candy probably texts Kenya on the side, girl, be here on time so we don't have drama. And you know what? I'll Let's give it to Kenya. Let's say that she was like, you know what? I'm going to come in with a good attitude. I had high hopes. I was like, okay, you know, she showed up. Okay, that's, that's that's step one. It's just showing up. Exactly. But then it's like, how do you show up? And next thing I know, she's telling Sonya that it might be demons in the gifts. <laughs> you already knew you were coming to play games. You came this morning ready oh to gosh. shake shit up and to be over Marlo. And she started from the beginning. From the beginning. So she comes in and all the ladies are definitely happy to see her. It was very reminiscent of dinner the night before. All of the ladies were like, hi, Kenya. Yes, you're here. Come on, queen type energy. And she's giving it right back. Everyone is excited to see her. So I'm like, okay. But then Marlo enters the chat. She kind of hears the commotion and she comes in and she even tried to extend a hug, which maybe that was too much. And she asks Kenya, you know, when, when it's all, all the rah-rah is wrapped up, just come holler at me for a second. Let's talk. Let's have a one-on-one. -on -one. And Kenya acknowledged that but when we see her sit down with Sonia they're having a serious kiki that I really wanted to unpack with you where you know a lot is laid out on the table one of the things that is discussed Sonia at this point is trying to play mediator right like she's trying to bring both Kenya and Marlo at a point where they can just try again at having a civil conversation but honey Kenya just kind of lays it all out on the table she goes into the whole Marlo giving up her nephews. And that even digs deep into how she's triggered um, by that whole situation from trauma from when she was a child, how her, we, we of course know that her mother and the mother side of the family essentially didn't want her, 
had her for a bit and then gave her back in a very similar fashion in which Marlo did with the nephews. What I'm learning, and I wanna get your two sets on this as well, AJ, but what I'm learning is that the issue between Kenya and Marlo is very, very deep-seated. I mean, deeper than I think any of us could have anticipated or really understand. And it seems as though, I think I've mentioned this before, Kenya and Marlo managed to press buttons, each other's buttons in a way that no one else can press. And when we have these kind of like moments of, you know, heart to heart or really just kicking on a deep, deep level, we're starting to literally peel back the layers like an onion and really understanding like, wow, like it's not just about Marlo accusing you of having butt surgery and that your booty is fake and it's going to deflate one day. Like you clearly, Kenya, have some deep, deep issues that you are probably projecting in this situation with Marlo. I mean, what do you think when she dropped that bomb? Because to me, that was a bomb. First off, I just want to say that I told y'all as soon as Candy opened up her beautiful voice to say something about them nephews to Kenya, I knew Kenya was going to bring it back. And she didn't wait 24 hours in Blue Ridge before she did it. Mm -mm. I mean, as soon as she walked in that house, she sat down with Sonya because she knew someone was going to come to her and be like, you know, let's be the bigger person. Because let's be clear, the purpose of this trip was to come support Marlo. No matter what their issues are, we all know that Marlo invited these ladies under the pretenses that, hey, I need a break. I need your support. Can you come rally around me so I can get through what I'm getting through? Now, if you knew that this trip was going to be on Marlo, you should have known that, hey, if I'm going to come on a trip, I can't make it about me. I can't be shady. I got to genuinely be a good sport and be here for Marlo. It wasn't like we're here just doing a girl's trip, celebrating each other. It was very much, hey, I'm getting this cabin in the mountains and I want you to come and chill with me and hang with me. With that being said, I am not going to discredit anything that Kenya has gone through. We all know the issues that she's had with her mom, her mom's family. Like that relationship has always been, you know, a moment of tension for Kenya. So I'm not surprised there. What my issue is, is that don't bring up the nephew's tea and, you know, use it to say that Marlo doesn't care about her nephew. So why would I think she cares about me? But then relate it to you to make it seem like you genuinely care about the nephews and that she's a horrible monty. She's weaponizing the situation. Exactly. She's bringing in the kids and she's weaponizing that situation. And it's like, don't do that. Because in reality, and Marlo says this later, you don't care about them boys. Mm. You don't even know nothing about them. But you know that that came up and that's going to be a point of hurt for Marlo. So instead of, you know, thinking, hey... This is a thing that can hurt Marlo. Let me not bring it up. You're going to bring it up because why you want to cut deeper? You want to have the last say. You want to have the biggest piece of shade. And so for me, it's like I wasn't surprised when she brought it up, but I was annoyed that she was making it seem like, you know, she had the nephew's best interest at heart and that she can relate to them and XYZ and all this jazz. And again, that's not to say that she didn't experience that. She could have very well gone through that with her mom's family. And for that, I am very sorry. But don't bring up that story as a way to justify you being able to bring up that tea and talk about them boys. Because that's all it was. It was to sort of cover her ass, if you will. Yeah. No, I agree with you. She was definitely weaponizing that whole situation. And I wish that the approach was different. Like, I do believe the trauma that she has experienced. And I do believe that perhaps it even triggers her. But the way that she is, is laying out 
her feelings about the situation is in a very negative way. And to your point is to dig Marlo even deeper. And you know what? At the end of the day, like I'd hope that someone in the situation would just shut away all of the ego. They shut away, you know, who's right, who's wrong, who's, who's being pettier, who's being pettiest, um, who's cutting each other deeper and deeper. And it's just, it's spiraling at this point. Like it really is. I mean, this was a pivotal moment in this episode because for me, that was the turning point. That for me, I, I understood at that moment that there is no turning back for these two ladies. When she brought up the nephews, the situation that is very sensitive for Marlo, especially in this point of time where she's going through it right now with her whole family, I was like, we off to something crazy for the episode. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Absolutely. Because the thing is, you know, as soon as she was going to say it, Kenya knew that that was going to get back to Marlo. And what happens? Sonya, Bone Collector Jr., if you will, BCJ, goes to get Bone Collector Sr., BCS, Sheree Whitfield, and they go directly to Marlo. I'm not mad at that. Honey, let's up, wait, wait, let's unpack it. What are, what are you not mad at? I am not mad at Sonya being honest up front and taking exactly what Kenya just said and going to Marlo because here's the thing. If it would have come up later in the reunion, you best believe Marlo would have been in Sonya's ass because it's like, why y'all talking about my nephews behind your back? So if I'm Sonya and I'm on Marlo's trip and the girl that Marlo hates the most is down here, even though I'm trying to play mediator, trying to get them on the same page, she's down here talking about her nephews. You best believe I'm be like, look, Marlo, I'm going to go and let you know this is what was said. You can handle it how you want to handle it. But I got to clear my name because at the end of the day, the only other person who heard that was Sonya and the cameras. And so in that point in time, the only people that would know that Kenya said that is Sonya. And so if Sonya doesn't go say something to Marlo, to me, if I'm Marlo, I'm looking at Sonya like, damn, you ain't even let me know that she was talking about my nephews on camera. Because if she hadn't, Kenya could continue to talk about it. You see what I'm saying? So it's almost like warning Marlo, hey, she already brought it up. If I were you, I would go ahead and say something to nip it in the bud because she's going to keep at it. So I wasn't mad at her for bringing it directly to Marlo. I would do the same thing, shit. Honey, I love Sheree passing the torch to Sonya. Honey, Sheree is over it. Sheree is like, I have no longer collected any bones for these hoes. So it came up in the episode, bone collecting versus peacemaking. And I'm not going to lie. Initially, when I saw the whole exchange go down as far as Kenya, Sonia, Sonia, Marlo, Sheree, I was looking like kind of with the side eye, like this is messy. But at the end of the day, once I saw everything unfold from the remainder of the episode and just how that whole day went, I can't believe that was like a day, right? Like it felt like weeks. <laughs> it was a damn morning. All of this happened in the morning, literally before they left. I will say kind of taking a step back and looking at holistically the whole picture, Sonya was really stepping up to be a peacemaker and pretty diplomatic in her approach. Um, to your point, I feel like, you know, the comments that Kenya made, they had to be addressed and they had to be addressed immediately. That's not how I felt initially. But once I saw her approach, I will say that it felt different from how Sheree used to drop them bones. She would get the bone, right? She would prod and poke, get the bone, and then take it back to whoever she was, you know, reporting back on. And it was very much the undertone of being shady, trying to kiki, trying to stir the pot. 
Sonia was like, listen, we're trying to keep the peace, you know, very diplomatic in that way. And unfortunately, and of course, to none of our surprise, there was a very visceral reaction from Marlo when she received that information as any of us would be right. Like, okay, now you bringing in the kids and don't they, they always have that rule of thumb. Never talk about the kids. Don't bring in the kids. They're not there to defend themselves. That should literally across all platforms, franchises, networks. When it comes to reality TV, do not talk about my fucking kids. And these boys are basically her children. No matter what you say as far as agreeing or disagreeing with the way that she handled things, don't sit here and be like, oh, she treat her nephews like that? Dang, oh, she gonna treat me like that too? Oh my God. Like, I relate to these nephews. I'm traumatized. I'm sure they are too, girl. No. Because you're doing too fucking much. To your point, I agree. I definitely think there was a huge difference between Sonya bone collecting or peacemaking and Sheree's bone collecting in previous seasons. Because Sheree was very much like, here are the receipts, what you gonna do with it? Whereas Sonya, she presents what's going on, but then she also presents ideas of like, okay, how can we get over this? Like, I'm on both of y'all's side. Like, can we just talk about it? Can you just have this conversation? And I fuck with that because again, we have to keep in mind that we're seeing everything unfold like after editing and stuff. But when you're in these scenes, in these scenarios, these women don't know what the other women are talking about. And so I appreciate, you know, Sonya being that mediator. And it maybe it's because I tend to be that with my friends as well. You need someone who can sort of like see both sides, understand all perspectives, and then try to, you know, keep a level head and not take any side. And I feel like that's what she's doing, but she's not doing it in a fake way where like she's telling Kenya one thing and Marlo one thing, you know? And she's also, I think the difference too, to your point is she's holding everybody accountable. And I think this, we'll get to this too, but I feel like Candy did a good job of kind of checking Kenya as well, obviously being probably the closest person to her in the group. Like you said, bringing people to the table, helping the people who are at odds, whoever, helping them see the other person's side, but also holding those same people accountable for what they say and what they do. And giving your unbiased opinion on what you feel like is right and what you feel like is wrong in the situation and how to propel things forward so honey that kiki scene between the three of them that was much needed and definitely pushed the plot forward as far as the drama between marlo and kenya absolutely absolutely so literally as soon as sheree and sonya brings this tea to marlo she immediately first she prays Daddy. she prays for kenya's 60 year old self in the words of marlo Honey, the demons, they were demons in, pl in play as well. Alleged demons. Alleged demons. So she wanted to make sure she addressed everything that Kenya said. She prayed and she's like, okay, let's go downstairs with the rest of the girls. And she has a plan that she wants to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Kenya. And so they go downstairs, they're having breakfast, you know. And the first thing, before we even get back into the Kenya and Marlo feud, because I feel like we need to take a break. Okay, from that. Yes. So while we're at breakfast, one of the first things we find out is that Sheree is actively working on Sheba Sheree. Thank God. Kenya is connecting her with one of her friends in the industry. And even Candy is giving, you know, great advice. I thought that was really a cute moment for them to, you know, give Sheree first her tins and her props because her brand is really strong. Everyone knows Sheba Sheree. But then to, on top of that, encourage her, you know, as a friend, as someone who's also her coworker in the industry, to be like, hey, you should do this, you should do that. And Sheree, you know, taking it as constructive criticism and not, you know, as shade or anything. I genuinely don't think Kenya nor Candy was trying to be shady in that moment. It genuinely felt like, 
hey, girl, you got a good brand. What you going to do about it? Let's really make sure that this season we don't continue to do the same narrative of Sheba Sheree going down the drain. So I appreciated that little exchange they had. Mm-hmm. And now when Candy made the point about Sheree having the most recognizable brand across the ladies, I was like, you know what? That is so true. Over almost, what, 15 years? If you mention She by Sheree to any Housewife fan, they're going to know and beyond and beyond even. It has become like a pop culture moment um, in time. And I thought that was a great observation. And, you know, Sheree definitely took the feedback and whatever. And honey, when Candy Burris Tucker gives you some business advice, first of all, I know she doesn't give it out for free often. I'm sure she charges by the minute. as far as any type of consultancy. So when she's dropping those gems for free and she's coming from a good place, productive place, she, I'll shoot, I'll bust out the notes app on my phone, start typing away, honey, whatever she says. And that's exactly what Sheree acknowledged as well. So that was a very positive moment. But honey, you remember who else popped in and who arrived during the breakfast moment? Honey, that's Sheree's chihuahua. Oh, it's the lap dog. First. <laughs> things first you know our girl drew was upset literally as soon as i saw fatum i mean we knew she was coming but as soon as i saw her walk in i just said why she was right there drew called bullshit she was like of course the bullshit arrived the bullshit arrived before we go any deeper on this and i hate to do this because again i feel like we're always coming from miss sedora but that gucci poncho was not giving authentic it looked iron on pressure i'm sorry i have to call that out like here's the thing i have not been blessed on that level to be able to afford like lots and lots of labels even though i manifest that i will one day but you can tell quality and good material and that poncho for one i've never seen a gucci poncho that was that bland secondly the material the way that the light reflected off of the material was giving windbreaker from like gildon when you order those for like bands or organizations it didn't absorb the light as for instance marlo's fendi poncho or her fendi headband you see what i'm saying like it's all in the quality it was giving mass production and not luxury is what you're saying absolutely i don't think that was real gucci and I'm sorry, Drew. Again, I love you, girl. Like, you support BRK. We will rock with you, but we got to hold you accountable. And baby girl, that was not giving Gooch. Hey, I will say the Gooch was not Gucci, but the lace was lacing. The piece was looking good. The piece was looking good. So we will give her that. And she looked good. Like, her makeup looked good. Everything else looked good. But that Gucci poncho, it honestly, no shade, but it was giving Giselle. Ooh. Hey, you know Giselle. Zell loves an iron on Gucci shirt. Eddie, I you're not. No, I'm honestly totally with you. It wasn't convincing. Let's put it that way. It was not not totally convincing. Um, and the thing is, it's like, why? Like, I, I never understood that either. Like, why wear something that looks questionable, even if it has a label on it, when you could just wear something that is like of quality and it's not necessary. Who cares if it's luxury? You're in the mountains. Like, it's, I don't know. It's not that deep. It's not that deep, exactly. Honey, so then as soon as Fatum arrives, that's when Marlo decides she wants to, you know, try to speak to Kenya because, you know, they're getting ready to go. She made it clear. I need to speak to Kenya before we leave. And bitch, they start running around like it's recess. (laughs) I am so 
we I'm yelling at the TV screen like, get the camera, get the camera. Because you see they're trying to keep up with them. Honey, Kenya's doing her little childish games, how she be doing sometimes. Shout out, skip to my Lou, honey. She's literally running away from Marlo. The camera's trying to keep up in everything. Talk about a mess. I know them cameramen were so upset. Because for one, it's like three floors in the damn house. And Kenya literally ducking and dodging, running around. Even Marlo got annoyed. I was just like, why? Why? I get it. Kenya is trying to be like, I don't want to talk to her, da, 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 whatever. But girl, it ain't that serious. It's not that serious. If you genuinely don't want to talk to her, just sit there, let her talk and say, okay, and keep it pushing. Like if you genuinely weren't that phase, if you genuinely were trying to avoid interaction or having an issue with her, you should have sat there, let her say her piece and say, okay. But the issue, and I think this is the issue that also Marlo has, is that Kenya wants it to be a thing. She wants to egg her on. She wants the feud to be there. And I get it. Kenya is a genius producer. She honestly should be getting EP credit for Real Housewives of Atlanta because she knows how to get great content. But it's not always about that. Be a decent person from time to time. You don't have to be shady. You don't have to be the queen bee that's higher above everyone that has to stay in their own home. They can't have a one-on-one -on -one conversation because you just don't want to do it because you don't feel like it right now. Like, that's childish games, girl. Grow up. I'm gonna say, I said it before and I'm gonna say it again. The ego is just out of this world. I feel like had the conversation happened between Kenya and Marlo in the morning when she first arrived before she dropped that tea with Sonia, it would have had a different tone. Who's to say if it would have went positively? And we also obviously know Kenya comes out and makes the comments to Sonia. So that was already on her heart regardless. But at this point in time, what it comes down to is Kenya basically doesn't want to be punked by Marlo at this point because of the ego. She doesn't want to be spoken to in a particular tone. She doesn't want to be addressed in a particular tone because it's all about you don't speak to me that way. We're on national television. You're not about to sit here and punk me. Now, at this point in time, I cannot fault Marlo. Like Kenya made a really, really deep cut with the whole nephew comment and, you know, commenting on Marlo's situation that we know she's struggling through in real time. So at that point, the Marlo that you get is going to be the Marlo that you get. Honey, the way Sheree said it, it was the shade assassin versus the fashionista. And honey, when those two worlds collide, it was a showdown on the driveway. Can we get into the driveway, please, AJ? Set us up for the driveway. Oh my God. I was truly stunned. This one episode lasted literally nowhere. They went from the house to the driveway for the first 45 minutes of the hour block. It was bananas to me. Honey, Icon versus XCon, that is a mess. All that feuding in the car. It was ridiculous. I mean, all the ladies were upset. Monietta, honey, they even had to give Monietta a confessional look. That's how pissed she was. <laughs> she <laughs> honey, Monietta was there for the peace and for the quiet and for the, the unity and the community. Okay, she was not there for the drama. Save it for your mama, honey. But we really need to get down to the nitty gritty. I'm going to have a controversial opinion when it comes to this. Oh, God. At the end of the day, they were literally at a standstill. Marlo did not want Kenya to participate in the gem mining for the weekend because she did not meet the terms that Marlo set out for the trip because it was her trip. Let's be clear here. It wasn't even the terms. At this point, Marlo was just like, I want to have a conversation because Marlo wanted to be clear. Don't say anything about my nephews. That's all she's been saying 
honestly, since the beginning when Kenya got there that morning, Marlo was trying to have a conversation with Kenya. If they would have had that conversation, maybe Kenya wouldn't have had said anything to Sonya. But instead, Kenya didn't have the conversation and went on. When they were at breakfast, all Marlo wanted to do, what? Let's have a conversation. Let's have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. They're running around the house. They end up not having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Finally, when they're going to the car, Marlo is like, hey, let's have a conversation. If she doesn't want to talk to me, she doesn't need to go. And honestly, I don't fucking blame her. You don't even want to talk to me. Because I'm upset because you talked about my nephews, but you do want to go on a trip with us? Girl, no. Go somewhere. Get out of my face. I don't want to see you because you talk about my nephews on TV and you won't even like stand up as an adult and say you did it. Yes. And so from Kenya's perspective, it's just, I feel like she's like removing that fourth wall. Like this is work. Like we are here to shoot a show. Like, yes, this might be your trip, but like at the end of the day, the show must go on and we're here to shoot The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I must say, I mean, they were at a freaking standstill for, I think, I believe three hours. Before they took the break to go in the house and jump on a trampoline, they were there for at least an hour and a half to two at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. So just getting into, again, the meat and bones of the situation. I'm going to add another layer on top of that. Honey, here goes Kenya feeling triggered again, too. Oh, God. So Kenya adds another layer of feeling triggered because, and at this point, it's like, girl, you keep getting triggered. I feel like she needs to compartmentalize this situation with, with Marlo and what else she's got going on, what she's experienced in her life. But another trigger that we uncover in this situation, which I feel like it's been touched upon previously, is that Kenya is triggered by Marlo in that it feels similar to her relationship or marriage to Mark Daly. Specifically, she says that it's almost like a Sour Patch Kid relationship. First they're sour, then they're sweet. Or first they're sweet, then they're sour. They tell you they love you. They tell you they care about you. Insert either Mark or Marlo's name for they. And then the next moment they flip, they turn on you, they hurt you. As soon as you let them in, they boom, abuse your trust. So now we're hearing all of these triggers that Kenya is feeling. But at this point, I just feel like we can all be triggered by scenarios in life. Like any conversation that I have today with a stranger that I meet on the street could trigger me back to five, 10 years ago when my situation with somebody else who previously treated me poorly. You know what I mean? Like it's getting to a point where it's like, we need to, again, shed the ego and just have a conversation and come to an agreement on really, because I just don't understand why there can't be a cordialness between the two women. I understand establishing boundaries when it comes to people in your life, especially when it comes to previous situations that you may have with other people or, you know, what you've learned in this journey, right? But now I'm like, girl, you're throwing stones and hiding your hands and you're not holding yourself accountable for the things that you say, even if it's in a reaction to something that someone does to you. So where are you growing in this? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Kenya, I want to root for you and I want to see where you're coming from. And I do see where you're coming from. But when you make comments, when you say hurtful things and then you can't own up to that and sit there and explain what you meant and what your intention was for making that comment, then I'm not seeing the growth. And at the end of the day, they were just jumping, you know, on the trampoline and Marlo said she had a come to Jesus moment. And at the end of the day, she just let the draw, you know, she ended the draw and said, the girl can come. I was mad. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of upset with Marlo for essentially giving in to the situation. I was going to say Marlo having to be the bigger person, like to sit there and compare her marriage 
to the relationship with Marlo, Mark was an emotionally abusive husband. Marlo just holds your ass accountable. Mm. Now, if you are equating someone holding you accountable or calling out your bullshit or letting you know how they feel as gaslighting or as, you know, emotionally manipulating or abusing you, honey, then you don't recognize what accountability is. You just don't want to be wrong. You just don't want somebody to tell you what you need to hear. That's the issue. And Marlo isn't going to kiss your ass. Even she said that. She's like, how much ass kissing do I have to do to have a conversation with you? That's not how it works. And the one thing I'm going to add to, I just, it just came to me. The difference is this as well to, to the accountability conversation. Throughout Kenya's marriage to Mark, I mean, obviously once things ended and it got messy, it got messy. Kenya protected that man. Kenya protected her marriage. She was not out there saying disparaging things about Mark when they were in it, trying to figure it out in the public to the media. The same cannot be said about what she's done and how she's handled the situation with Marlo. When you say bad things about somebody on a public forum, you have to expect for them to react (laughs) with whatever they react with, whether it be deniability, whether it be coming back with disparaging comments from their end, whether those comments be truthful or not. And that's where the accountability piece lies. It's like you are trying to compare apples to oranges. Like you were protective of your marriage. You protected that man. He may have treated you a certain way behind closed doors. And now, you know, now that they're, they're apart, we're learning kind of all of those details. But when it comes to Marlo, you're fighting fire with fire. You are saying things about this woman to the world, like on a big ass platform. And you don't expect her to come back at you with something, anything. And again, it goes back to that ego, that HBIC that, I mean, it's honestly giving reminiscent of Nini a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I was going to say, I mean, I, I feel like even at one point, Kenya made the comment, you lucky you here. You lucky you in this house. And did you hear that? Like, my thing is all of that. So you expect Marlo not to say anything to you? Like, girl, bye. Girl, gone. Because at the end of the day, Marlo was trying to be gracious to invite you on this trip. Yes, obviously, you're on a show. Yes, obviously, you're coworkers. But she didn't have to invite you. And my thing is, if you didn't want to come, you knew it was Marlo's trip, quote unquote. You knew she was going to be planning things. She was going to want things her way. If you didn't want to do it, then don't go. You don't have to go. It's an HBIC thing for sure. Queen B. What was she texting Candy on last episode? Everybody miss me? Everybody asking about me? She got to be careful because that's going to be to her own demise. We saw with Miss Nene Leakes where, where it ended her. Exactly. Exactly. And no shade, but we have eyes, we have ears. We we know what the heck happened there. So Kenya needs to be careful, honey. Before we move on, I'm going to just kick into the Fatoum and Drew tea. <laughs> I literally was going to say, before we continue going over this Kenya and Marlo shit, can we please talk about the other reason why we spent 5,000 hours in the driveway instead of going to go mining? (laughs) (laughs) Stop trying to make Fatoum happen, okay? Just like they said in Mean Girls, stop trying to make Fetch happen. Stop trying to make Fatoum happen. Like, I understand it. Drew has her imperfections. But at the end of the day, girl, Fatoum, you are reaching. Let it go. Take a Monietta approach. Just be in the back looking cute, being positive. Like, I really don't understand. And her voice is so annoying. Oh, my God. I was going to say, it does give Chihuahua a little bit. I'm not going to hold you. So I get it. It's like, girl, what are you fussing about? What are you fussing about? I mean, they were almost at a point. Marlo had finally said, you know what? Yeah, Kenya can go. Y'all just get in that car. We'll be in this car. And then Drew goes, well, I ain't getting in the car with this bitch. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. I know they were so pissed. I know. I was like... I hope 
that the Fatum situation, they're not trying to, again, make Fatum happen because I don't want to see her. I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm not a huge fan. I mean, and this is coming from someone who gets annoyed by Drew just as much as the next person. Like, I get it. But Fatum is not the right person to put Fatum in. isn't the one she's just not one because she just does too much and is trying to go off for no reason and honey drew says she looked drunk and i'm not gonna lie it might have been a little bit of intoxication going on because she as soon as she came in she was already on a thousand a thou wow for sure Mm-mm-mm. so <sighs> that was exhausting mind you we're finally leaving the driveway at this point <laughs> They done went jumping on trampolines, child. Marlo done gave it to God. They done, they decided to be cordial. Let's keep it pushing. So we finally leave the driveway to go mining. We get to the space and it's an interesting location. I mean, there was a Trump sign in the building. Like, girl, what was that about? And not just any old Trump sign. It was a Trump 2024, meaning he's coming back. Okay. Meaning it's giving, he is our savior he is going to save this country. It was quite uncomfortable, but I am so glad that it was addressed in a very funny way at that. Me too. I thought they were going to leave it there, honey. Kenya was like, no. She said, um, we got to redecorate. That's the best thing she did in the episode. Listen, it really was. And I feel like that guy would, at the front door, I, I don't, I didn't get his name. First of all, he looked annoyed as hell that they were like <laughs> two, three hours late. He looked like he was a chapter president of the KKK, honestly. Ooh. Honey, not the Blue Ridge chapter. Honey, that's what he looked like. He was over them. He go Fatum, chihuahuaing it up in the back, and Drew pissed. Talk about she's bored and is whack, and she hate Fatum. Honey, it was just a mess. You know he was over them asses. Honey, he was like, and this is why we need Trump back in 2024. It was a freaking mess. Oh, my God. They finally get some little rocks and, and gems and jewels. <laughs> I think Marla was the only one who actually bought some. I'm like, why in the hell? That's why they were killing time. They didn't really want to go mining anyway. Exactly. And they seem excited for it. But once they got there, they're like, what the hell? But what else can you do with the Blue Ridge Mountains? Come on now. I was going to say, if they weren't about to hike and they weren't going to do any zip lining or anything. So you might as well go mining. I know, honey. They got some cute little gems, though. You can make jewelry out of it. Mm-hmm, honey. Them ladies not going to do none of it. Exactly. They probably left it there for uh, donations, charity. Exactly. Exactly. Honestly, you know what pisses me off? What? They waited two to three, maybe even four hours to go mining just to be there at a smooth 20 minutes. I mean, it seemed like the car ride there was longer than the time they spent in that damn place. Literally, <laughs> they were asleep, knocked out in the cars and everything. Like, honey, all of that, just for them to be on an excursion for 20 minutes, it was a shit show from the beginning. That's how I knew it was going to be a wrap when they got back to the house. Listen, so we get back to the house, and honey, the sun is down at this point. Nighttime. So it's giving very much evening night vibes. Everyone kind of trickles in gets their little snacks, their little meals. Um, we see Marlo um, in her closet. Honey, looking fabulous. She had unpacked. She had all the fits ready to go. Sheree enters. Um, they're having a quick kiki. In so many words, Marlo's like, you know what? I'm over this trip. I'm over it. I cannot anymore. We need to have a group meeting in the living room. So Sheree, being the good friend of Marlo that she is, she rounds up the troops. All the women meet in the living room, including Kenya. And Marlo comes through in her Fendi cape. Honey, a mean Fendi cape. She was giving Maya Angelou. (laughs) She kept it Fendi for the day. That was the fit, the Fendi, Fendi fit. And she just let the ladies know, listen, I'm more stressed now than I was before I even came on this trip. The purpose of this trip was for me to 
escape everything that I've got going on, really just mentally reset, right? So that she could kind of, you know, go back and face head on, you know, the nephew situation. I think she even mentioned earlier in the episode that the next day was one of the nephew's birthdays. And so maybe she was, you know, putting together something for that. So honey, there was really no open discussion at that point. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. Honey, she was fed up. She was tired. And honestly, I believe her like Think about this. You're going on an excursion, even if you put aside the girls, like don't even think about inviting them or not, whatever. You're in a stressful point in your life and you're going on a, let's remove the fourth wall, a work trip. And you're going to use this work trip as a getaway because you know you're just going to be chilling. You're going to be able to relax. You're going to drink with your coworkers. It's going to be a vibe. Honey, the first day, wonderful. She even spoke about it. You know, they were hugging. It was a good time. As soon as Kenya arrived, it was drama. And the main reason why it was drama is because Kenya did not want to just participate. And I understand, you know, she feels some kind of way about Marlo. Marlo isn't innocent in the situation. No, but at least Marlo was willing to put their differences aside and just say, hey, let's have a good weekend. And Kenya was not. She was fighting it from the beginning when she booked another Airbnb. She was fighting it from the beginning. And so I understand Marlo being like, you know what? Because at the end of the day, I booked this trip. I booked this house. I ain't going to leave. It's a whole house, a whole chef in the kitchen cooking it up. That's true. Alcohol there, the glam squad. I'm going to chill in the house that I rented and y'all got to go. And so I was not upset at her because I probably would have did the same thing and either that or say, okay, it's over. Let's just all leave because it's like, why are we here for? If we're going to constantly fight over and over, that's draining. Yeah, she was very, I, I do believe she was emotionally, mentally, spiritually drained. Initially, I'm not going to lie, I thought the whole trip was ending. Everybody getting their cars and go, but Marlo is hanging back, is she? And I think originally Marlo's plan was to, because she was packing up originally when Sheree came into the mm. closet. So I think she was planning to leave. And then, honey, some sense probably came into her head and she was like, wait, hold up. I can still get my escape just by my damn self. You know, they'd be paying for these trips too. Exactly. Or at least offsetting the costs. Because Bravo ain't going to get them that much. Mm -hmm. Just when you think that will make them feel guilty and they'll calm down, honey, here go for tomb yet again. Oh my God. It was a doggy bone for me. It was more so, where did you get this doggy bone? Where did it come from? You know Drew loves props. Do we not forget the darn boom box she brought in with Latoya last season? Honey, the tape, <laughs> the recording. <laughs> oh my god i mean she loves props and i think production called out do you even have a dog like you don't even have a dog so you went to petco you brought a bone just in case fatum was coming and as soon as you see she's coming you're gonna go get it or did you get one of the sisters to bring you a bone on set either way you're corny <laughs> you're doing the most for no reason it didn't even land the joke didn't even land everybody was like what the fuck what are you doing just like that boom box, honey. It was giving cornfield for sure. And it was so funny when Marlo, when whenever taking it back to the conversation with Sheree in the um, in the closet, Marlo was like, I mean, we all fighting. What's the point? This is not relaxing. She was like, even your friend Fatu. <laughs> she called her Fatu. <laughs> like, even she got drama. I mean, I'm tired. I was like, girl, you know what? I feel you because she really tried, Marlo. She's like, all I wanted was to come up here do fun little activities, have a girls weekend, get drunk, dance, just let it all hang out and really just escape from all of the stress uh, uh, waiting for her in Atlanta. But what happened? All of that and more followed her to the Blue Ridge Mountains, honey. It was giving chaos. And at that point, at her expense, she said, y'all can go. 
And I did not follow her. I mean, hell, at least she said she ordered them cars. Because, honey, a bitch like me would have been like, y'all better figure it out. Yikes. All I have to say is yikes to that whole situation. Honey, all I'm going to say is they wasted a whole, what? It wasn't even 48 hours. Wait, no, pause. I don't think it was 24 hours. Well, they arrived the night before, it seems. And then they left the night after. Oh, my God. It's really, I I don't know that I've ever seen a whole trip end on Rahua. I definitely think this was the first time that it ended in probably record timing. <laughs> Hell, Kenya won't even there for 24 hours. And honey, for two of them just arrived as well. They all don't know how to act like they got some sense. Honey, don't get it twisted. Marlo said, and take the cameras with you, Tarot. You know those cameras aren't sticking around. Mm-mm. She said, look, I'm going to be here with my glam. And I don't follow her. Hell, maybe she should invite the nephews up. Y'all could just have a whole weekend chilling, vibing, connecting with each other. They exhausted me. Blue Ridge, never again. Never again. Never again. I don't want to see a mountain. I don't want to hear a mountain. I don't want to hear about gold mining. None of it. Because <laughs> these bitches have worn me out. I was so over it. That whole episode, I was just drained. I was like, yo, y'all are tripping. Chill out. And listen, same. I was like, this is really next level, but okay like we said honey not much was achieved but there was a lot to kiki and unpack that's for sure mm-hmm. honey shall we go into peach of the week let's do it pot dub well i don't think mine is going to be a surprise you know i am definitely giving my peach tomorrow this week i feel like her and kenya have their you know qualms they feud constantly they both have done bad things or have said bad things about each other and you know at the end of the day the reason why i respect marlo so much from this trip is that out of all of it she was putting it to the side and she was like hey let's just be friendly let's be cool like you go come to the house we're gonna have a good time everything is kosher even after the dinner piece she still was like hey if she don't come by breakfast we're gonna have an issue even when she comes at breakfast, all Marlo says is, hey, let's have a conversation. I want to give you your gifts. I want to give you your gifts. Meaning that she wants to welcome her on the trip, as any host hostess would do. What did Kenya do? Still talked about Marlo's nephews. Ran around the house like she ain't got no sense. Acted more stupidly. And that is ridiculous. And after all that, Marlo said, you know what? I'm done. I've tried. Get out. Get off my trip. I'm going to try to find my peace. And for me, I have to... Give her her props. I have to give her this peach because she put all that shit to the side and really tried to be the bigger person. And I firmly believe that she was trying because no matter what, after all the seasons, no matter when she's fussing at somebody, she doesn't allow her ego to take over. You know, she tries to be very down to earth and understand and respect all perspectives. And in this situation, Kenya was just not trying to let her have it at all. And that's fucked up because Marlo clearly is going through a lot and she was trying to be the bigger person and all they did was ruin her trip. And so because of that and because she still stayed flawless and looks iconic even when these bitches throw her shade, I give my peach to none other than Miss Marlo motherfucking Hampton because you deserve it, queen. You do. You're the true queen. Somebody give um, Kenya's sash and her title to Marlo Hampton because that's who truly deserves it. Wow. Honey, applause for that one. Okay. (laughs) So for my peach of the week, I'm actually going to repeat last week's peach and give it to Sonya. I mean, Sonya was really 
in the weeds trying to play mediator. Um, like we said, not bone collecting, but peacemaking. If you remember hashtag the driveway, she was running back and forth between the cars, between Marlo and Kenya, um, really just trying to relay the information back and forth, being that that open source of communication. I mean, hell, even Candy gave up and took a break and was sitting on the damn steps with Monetta and said, I'm tired. I don't know what to say or what to do. I'm just going to wait here until it's time to go. Sonia was really invested from the beginning to the end as far as threading the needle, keeping the harmony, and trying to bring the two sides together. Really playing diplomat for real. Honey, you know, I'm sure she has that sports training. She knows what it's like to operate on a team and what it means to, to really put in your piece of the pie for the teamwork to come together and to, to work out and to accomplish a goal. And that's what she was focused on throughout the entire 48 hour trip to the Blue Ridge Mountains. And so for those reasons, um, and again, just being a supportive force for um, the women, you know, Marlo, Kenya, but the whole group, I'm gonna give my peach um, to Miss Sonia Richards Ross for her, you know, really being the champion of bringing the peace this episode in this week. Okay, I like that. Shout out to Sonia. I feel like she's gotten a few peaches from us this season. She definitely has. She's showing up. She's showing up. She is showing up, but she is showing out. So shout out to her. Listeners, let us know who you think should get BRK's Peach of the Week this week. Should it be Miss Marlo Hampton? Shout out to our hostess with the mostest. Or should it be Miss Sonya Richards-Ross, a.k.a. the Peacemaker? Mm, peace. Woo-saw. Woo-saw, honey. We need all the peace we can get going into next week because I don't think it's going to get any better. I mean, at this point, I'm afraid to say that this feud is going to get even worse, which makes me believe that we're going to be even more stressed. It's giving rock bottom. <laughs> For it's sure. It's giving rock bottom, honey. Rock bottom. Anywho, I guess we'll be back next week, honey, as long as the bills are paid. Yeah, the bills are paid. As long as the bills are paid and Bravo is right on time, honey, we're going to be right there, Perch. Y'all know where to find us right here, kicking about what's to come. Absolutely, honey. We'll catch the peaches next week. I'll holler at you later. All right. Bye. Toodaloo. Thanks for listening to Black Reality Kiki. Like and subscribe for more from your favorite Black Reality gurus. Till next time, keep it peachy, y'all. Bye.